Okay. Baruch HaMaboyim, Shalom Aleichem. We want to introduce every person to the 17th in the series of Shi'urim lectures on the Merenavuchim, the Rambam's Guide for Perplexed. Um, the last two classes we um, discussed in depth chapter 25, which is a very pivotal chapter. But now I'm going to um, skip over chapters 26 to 29. There's not to say that it's not important, but the chapter 30, which is a um, is just about the longest chapter in the creation, centers upon the Rambam's comment interpretation of the first chapters of Genesis, of Bereshus. And it is one of the three central chapters in the section on creation. Perhaps it is the most central chapter for it. And um, because of this, I feel that for important for purposes of thematic continuity, we're going to, um, we will commence chapter 30. Perhaps a little time we'll get back to chapters 26, 27, 28, 29. Of course, on the, and when it comes to videos, there's no time anyway. Okay, fine. Now, the Rambam, um, just to summarize, the section on creation of the Rambam begins with chapter 13 through chapter um, through chapter 30. Um, already in uh, chapter 31, well, actually chapter 30, 31 is only one of a few paragraphs, chapter 32 already commences the sections on the Vuh, on prophecy. So really in a certain sense, chapter 30 represents the final climax of the Rambam's um, section of the Burn of Vuchim that deals with creation. And there the Rambam is actually going to um, revealed to us how he in fact learns shot, how he, how he actually interprets the psukim, um, the, uh, the verses in the first two prokim, two chapters of Breshas. Um So let's begin with chapter 30. It says that I'm, it's like this. From chapter 13 to chapter 29, what the Ram has basically done is the Ram has argued out the um, the issue of creation ex nihilo versus the attraction of the universe. In other words, chapter 13, in chapter 13, the Rambam presents the three opinions of creation, two opinions of eternity, and one opinion of creation ex nihilo. And then from chapter 14 through chapter 29, what the Rambam really does is to present the um, different arguments pro and against creation ex nihilo and the eternity of the universe. And so in other words, the Rambam's discussion, his debate, his discussion with Aristotle, where the world is eternal, where it was created, actually ends um, in a certain sense in chapter um, 29. So in chapter 30, the Rambam has basically has already argued his case for creation in contradiction to um, the eternity of the universe. And now, now that he's done that, so now in chapter 30, the Rambam now can commence um, telling us, or teaching us, how in fact he himself learns the pshat, the, um, uh, the psukim, the verses, how he himself interprets the verses in Bereshis. Okay, so therefore what the Rambam is going to do is basically go through the first two chapters of Bereshis and inform us of how he himself um, interprets them. Okay, so let's begin. We're on... We once again, Paraklamet, chapter 30, 
In the Schwartz edition, this is um, uh, page 361. Da. Sheesh Hevdel ben Harishan Vaharishan. This is the beginning, the difference between Rishan and Rishas. Right? Rishan, right? We'll see. Kiarishas, right? Nimtzeis Mashu Rishas Loi, or Imoi. Afim Eno Kodemis Lebesman. In other words, like this. Rishen, the word, this term Rishen refers to the first. Rishen doesn't necessarily refer to the first, but refers to the, the, the central part, the major part of something. In other words, Rishen is when something is the first in time. Rishen is a, it's a concept in temporality, a concept in time. When I, right? Rishen is does not, is not necessarily that which comes first temporally, but is the central part of something. In other words, gracious means the central part of something. So the Ram gives an example. For example, you say the lay, the heart, is the central part of an animal, right? Right? That indicates that even though the heart was not, the Ram will say, even though the heart was not the first thing to be created, in a human being, when a human being is, when he develops embryologically, but nonetheless, the heart, at the end, the heart is the central organ from which all functions of the body um, derive their life. In other words, basically, the foundation of something is called the ratios of something. In other words, it says that even though sometimes Rishon can also refer to something which is the principal type of uh, principal part of something, nonetheless, the word Rishon usually refers only to something which came temporally prior to something. It doesn't mean that it's the major part of something. It doesn't mean that just because it came first, it means it's the reason for everything else that comes afterwards. Kamosha Ombrim, we say, says the Rambam gives an example. Sharishan Shigar Babayazeploini. Fa'acharav Almoini. In other words, Ploini was the was the Risha, the first person who lived in this house. And Almoini was the second person in this house. Now obviously the first person in this house is distinguished only because he lived there first. But there's nothing um, deterministically uh, consequential in the fact that this person, um, Ploini, lived in the house. That's not. It wasn't the cause for the um, for for that that the second person Almonia lived in the house too. In other words, it's purely a temporal concept here. You wouldn't say that Pliny is Reishisa Shalalmoni. Pliny just happens to have have to happen to have came first before Almoni, but there's no causal relationship between Pliny and Almoni. He bitoy hamayra b'shoneinu alarishen utchila. So the brings a pasuk that when it says to, right that Risha means the same thing as Tchila. Tchila the Ber Hashem means when a Kodesh first spoke spoke to Oshaya. But that which is the principal um, 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 form of something or the principal cause of something that's called Reishis. In other words, says the Rambam, the word, the biblical word, which usually connotes denotes something which is Rishon, which just comes temporally first, it's usually called Tehillah. Whereas something which is the principle, the central basis of something, is called Rishon. 
In other words, basically, reishis comes from the word rosh, which is the head of an animal, which of course is a central part of an animal. The world was not created at the beginning, right, of any time, as we explain. Okay? So like this. What does this mean? It means the following thing. The Rambam, let's go back again. I mean, this is familiar to us, but we'll, there's no Israel in Chazorah. We're going back to this. The Rambam, of course, claimed in Perakur Gimel, when he presented the, um, the opinion of Kresh Nilo, that time is among those things which were created, since time is a creation. Therefore, time could not have existed before the creation of the world. Hence, we cannot say that the world was created at any number of years ago. Because if we say the world was created any number of years ago, it would follow that one second before that, there was no world. But how could one second before a number of years ago there was no world, when in fact wasn't time before the world was created? Hence, right, we have a reductio ad absurdum, and therefore we cannot say the world was created X number of years ago. In other words, so therefore, in other words, and we spoke at length about this, if you, if you refer back to the first and second shear, you will see that I actually elaborate upon this, and this actually eventually led to our understanding of creation ex nihilo as being really in some sense a concept and not a physical theory. So here the Rambam is saying that when the Torah uses ratios, it's not referring to a um, something which temporarily took place first in time, but rather speaking about the, the, that which is the central deterministic foundation for the world. Okay? That's what the Rambam is getting at. Okay? Now, L'chein Abar, right? Bereshis. Now, so therefore, what does Bereshis mean? So Bereshis means Habeis. In other words, Bereshis is Bereshis. Bereshis means the foundation of, the principal part of. And Bereshis means, right? Bereshis. What's Bereshis means? So that is Beis, who b'mashmo is betoch. Now, what does betoch mean? So actually, betoch, the lotion, actually, the old Oldenburg Nevochem, is actually is called the base called base hakli, right? Base hakli means um, betoch. Um, what um, um, the the older editions say base hakli, habezu b'mashbos betoch. In other words, um, within ratios or with ratios. Now, the question is, what does this mean? What does it mean when he says, Bereshis habeis hu b'mashmos betoch? Because betoch, the Rambam is giving a marshal to a kli, that somehow, um, or the world was created within ratios. What is this ratios that, that the Rambam is referring to? So, um, there is a, um, there's a dispute among the medieval commentators on the Rambam what does the Rambam mean by this? It's interesting that the Schwartz edition here says that Beis Ubeshmos Betoch, but the lotion of the um, um, of the Rambam and the you know the traditional translation of Ibn Tiban is is really um, it's called Beis Hakli, as if to say that Kashbol created the world with Reishis. Now the um, Reishis is referring to what? Ah, the, what's Reishis? What's Reishis? So like this. So the 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 Shem Tov, Moshe Naboni, the Shem Tov says that basically what Ureshias refers to the wisdom, the wisdom with which Kosh Bok created the world. 
this has this little bit is very similar to the Zaya. The Rabban of the says, Yerei Zbaloke means B'chachma. The Kodesh created the world, the Kodesh created the world with Chachma. It's actually a Zaya like that. I think, I don't know if the Rabban quotes it explicitly as being a Zaya, but that's a, it's an explicit Zaya. But what does B'reishis mean? Reishis means Chachma. Reishis Chachma. Because both created the world with Reishis. What does he create with, with Reishis? So, um, so, so the Shem Tov says that what Kosh did, that he, lo- he had a, a concept of the world, he looked at this con- and with this concept of the world, he created the world. In other words, the world, right, was created with a conceptual design, and that's what's called B'Reishis. Kosh Baruch created the world with Reishis, we know it's with this conceptual design, Kosh Baruch created the world. So in other words, basically, Bireshis um, refers to the fact that the world was created with Chachma, namely that the Kosh in fact, um, did not create a world, you know, um, at random, but rather Kosh used Chachma, and this Chachma was the design with which a Kosh used to create the world. That's the opinion of the Shem Tov on the Rambam. Now, Kreskas has another opinion. Kreska's opinion is, is that Bereshis here really means, and actually this fits a little bit more into what the way um, Professor Schwartz translates, Abezu Bamashmoz Betoch, what does Betoch mean? So Kreska's understands is a concept called Atta, Atta Ayin Tov Hey, which means the present. In other words, Kreska says that there's a concept called present. Present is, in other words, it's something that's almost undefinable because, in other words, once you think about it, it goes away. The past, of course, is no longer here. The future doesn't exist. So there's a certain moment called Atta, and what Chris explains is that this no- notion, Atta, which is somehow this concept of time, this concept of present, which you can, you, it, which it's instantaneous, you can't even, even when you, the second you think about it, it runs away. This Atta, is represents the beginning of time. So what happens is, is that the world, the Atta, right, represents this undefinable boundary point, which he calls Atta because it somehow refer, it somehow corresponds to our notion of the present. It represents the boundary between the past, which we can think about, which is no longer here, and the future, which we, 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 we can also think about, but it's not yet here. And what Kreskas is, says that a Baruch who created the world with Reishis means is that this boundary point of time, which is the first act or the first concept of the present moment, that's the, the, the that, with that a Kodesh Baruch created the world. Now, in the <clears throat> forthcoming lectures of Rabbi Soloveitchik on Genesis, um, I want to first of all wish... Um, Rabbi Moshe Tulansky, a lot of Hatzlacha, his cross-examination is continuing today, and I'm sure these chus of Kreskas and Shem Tov and the Rambam will be oimed for him. Um, but in any case, um, Rabbi Soloveitchik understands that in fact, actually, what's interesting is, is that, um, is that these actually represent Kesser and Chachma in a certain sense. He wants to make Kreskas is really more like Kesser and, 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 and Shet is more Chachma. He wants to say that these are two different concepts 
in what Rabbi Soloveitchik calls the positioning of non-being. In other words, creation ex nihilo, as Rabbi Soloveitchik understands, is a, a concept which is almost a, um, a illogical, an, a non-illogical possibility. It's almost a non, it's, it's illogical from a Western point of view because we don't have a concept of what's called non-being. And Soloveitchik wants to say that somehow these Mephoshim, these medieval commentators understood that, you, that, that even though um, the concept of Christian Xtelo can not be in time, nonetheless you can posit a concept which he calls positioning non-being before the natural world and its natural time um, begin to, uh, are created. Um, Shem Tov posits, posits this in what he calls philosophical idealism. In other words, everything that we look at, everything that we study, everything that we um, measure in the world is necessarily um, um, first um, first conceived of in terms of an idea. In other words, the mind of God is what, what makes creation possible. And because of this, Shem Tov, when he says means, is referring to the fact the Kodesh Baruch Hu, for Kodesh Baruch Hu, all creation begins in the mind, right? In other words, whatever Kodesh Baruch Hu creates always has to have its um, divine um, thought, which doesn't necessarily precede it in time, but it precedes it, not in time, because of course they can't have time before that, but nonetheless it ontologically precedes it in the fact that all natural processes, right, are consequences of the divine thought which represents the logical laws and the scientific and rational laws upon which the creation is based. So if you look at the natural world and we discover the natural world, these, you know, these abstract scientific laws, these scientific laws represent the racious and we're saying with racious it comes to create the world. In other words, racious is not a temporal concept. I'm not saying racious came necessarily for the world in a temporal sense, but that it comes to used um, these rational laws in establishing the creation of the world as we know it. And for Kaskas, Rabbi Salomejik wants to say that there we're speaking about a concept called Atta, it's an instant of time. Um, I'm not really sure really what Kreskas wants to say, except that Kreskas understands that Rabbi Salomejik wants to claim that Kreskas is actually was being Machavid, was actually predating the notion of a calculus. That time is not looked like the like Zeno looked at time as being a series of discrete points, but rather as a concept of a continuum. And this concept of continuing allowed mathematicians to speak about infinitesimals and therefore to elaborate a you know a concept of a continual movement and not get into the types of paradoxes which Zeno himself got into. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but in any case, um, Rabbi Salvation wants to claim right? It's a Titus, right? So this is Yudzai Matamas, Matamas. Um um in any case, we should um, we should be zeichet to the chama. Um, in any case, Rabbi Salvedi wants to claim that Kreskas, in fact, actually is the uh, was the first person to conceive of actually the calculus, which was then developed by Newton, I think, in the 16th, 17th century. But in any case, um, what what I want to say though in the Rambam is is very very important. The Rambam. Is what the Rambam seems to be saying that Bereish is a base of Moshevah means that the Rambam is, is faced with the following problem. If we believe that the world was created 
ex nihilo, and that time was part of this creation of nihilo too, so the world cannot have been created in one point of time. If that's true, then Bereshis cannot possibly mean in the beginning God created the world, because there isn't at one time that he created the world. So because of this, the Rambam understands that Reishis here doesn't mean, um, doesn't mean the be- a, a, a temporal concept that the world is created at a specific point of time, but rather what the Rambam is trying to say is, is the Torah establishing the fact that the creation was done with this divine element, this divine, um, with, with, with this, um, this divine clee, Utensil called Reishas, right? Kreskos understands it one way, Shemdil understands it another way. But the Ram is trying to say is, we're not, when we speak about creation, we have to get away from a concept of creation at a certain point of time. But rather, Reishas refers to the foundation of the creation. Now, <clears throat> the reason this is important is not only for how we learn the first passage of the Torah, eventually we're going to see in Paraklama that Ram is going to actually. Um, ask several questions which are going to raise several paradoxes which at the very end are going to, um, are going to um, express themselves where the Ram is going to claim that the creation process narr- narrative which we see in Genesis did not take place in time. In other words, the Rambam's big bomba Chiddush in Perak Lamed is when it says day one, day two, day three it doesn't mean day one first and then day two, and then day three. The Torah is not speaking about creation in time. The Torah, in fact, is speaking about the hierarchy of the natural world. So in other words, what the Rambam wants to do, the Rambam wants to basically strip the account of creation for any concept of time. What the Torah is detailing in the first, in the, certainly in the first parak, the first chapter, is not the temporal sequence of creation, but rather the physical hierarchy of the cosmos as the Rambam will explain it in, in accordance with Aristotle's physics. So in other words, what the Rambam is actually beginning to do over here is to try to teach us how to understand Psukim, which apparently is speaking about time, in fact, but not in temporal concepts. That's really what the Rambam wants to do. Okay, now, the next sentence it says, Right? And now, when you think about this, um, this is a contradiction to everything I've said the last five, ten minutes. The Rambam is stressed that Reish is not the beginning of time. And then the Rambam says, the real translation of this Pasuk is that which seems to me in the beginning, was the right? Um, Tehila says the Rambam refers to Risha, not to Reishas. Risha means temporal priority and not any type of a um, central principle, a central cause. That seems to contradict everything the Rambam said before. Here the Rambam is going back to the notion of creation taking place at a certain time. So I see there's a footnote number six, um, that the, the bottom, there he quotes in Hebrew the Arabic, and there he says, Efsha, right? Gamutagem batchalab riasakel esamayla riasamata. In other words, we speak about the beginning of the creation, right? Of the of God's creation of above and below. In other words, basically, 
a little bit the way Rashi learns in Chumash, the baseball means the beginning of God's creation of the heavens and the earth, which means the Torah is not referring to the very first instant of creation ex nihilo, because if you follow Rashi's um, um, commentary, Rashi says, in the beginning of the creation of the heavens and the earth, the world was toyo vavoyo, the world was in a state of chaos. So what does that mean? That seems to suggest that Rashi was, um, was, um, was of the opinion that the world was created from a primordial, formless matter called Toyeva Avoyu, which is Hiyuli, and from that occurs Boko fastened the world. So, in other words, clearly according to this, and Rabbi Salvechik says the same thing, Rashi was not clearly not interpreting the first part of the Torah as indicating creation ex nihilo, but rather the fashioning of the world from a priori, primordial, amorphous, formless matter. In any case, um, I see on the bottom too, Professor Schwartz brings from um, Rav Kapach, right? Um, that he wants to say, means he created everything um, at once. And somehow he doesn't like that. I don't understand what Rav Kapach was even trying to say. But in any case, I think what, Rambu, I think what the Rambam wants to say is, meaning, um, it could possibly be that that the Rambam says after this, hamatim Though if you say in the beginning God created the heavens and the world, the heavens and the earth, that means that there was a beginning to creation. And says the Rambam, this is of course matib, this goes along with Chiddush, with creation ex dialog. So, what the Rambam says is, is that the Targum Amite, the true interpretation of the Pasuk is, in the beginning, God created that which was above, that which was below. And says the Rambam, this works out with creation ex dialog. Well, if the Rambam is saying this, so therefore, what did the Rambam say above? The Pereshis is referred to the first, but Reishis refers to with Reishis. So, it could possibly be what the Rambam wants to say is the following thing. What does the Rambam mean when he says, Targum Hamite? I think what the Rambam wants to say is the following thing. The Rambam wants to say that in a certain sense, the Pasuk has to be understood on two levels. In other words, the Tagamiti is the, in the beginning, in the beginning God created everything above and below, and that's Kreish Ex However, Reishis, however, since, right, that's what the Pasuk, that's the true Tagam of the Pasuk. However, when we think about that, we can't really conceive that. Why? Because the Ram has already told us that the world, Kamoshi Evarnu, the world was not created at the beginning of time. So for this reason, the word delicious, right, is best thought as meaning the underlying principle of something, of creation. So in other words, it seems that what the Ram is saying is the following thing. The Ram is saying is that what I would say is, is that when he says Tagumamiti means, if you translate the Pasuk, the, the true Tagum of the Pasuk is that we're describing creation next to the Allah. In other words, the Pasuk is coming to convey to me the consecration is the alone. The problem is, we can't say that God created the world at the beginning of a certain time because the Rabbis already declared that's, that's impossible. So, Tagu Amiti means like this. 
really, if I look at the grammar of the Pasuk, the grammar of the Pasuk means that God created the world with ratios. In other words, that's the way I can conceive the notion of creation next to Allah. But the true meaning of the Pasuk, I mean to me, is not the meaning that I can conceive, but the true opinion which the Pasuk is coming to convey to me is that what? Is that God created the world in the beginning, which means creation ex nihilo. In other words, the, the Pasuk is coming to communicate to me a concept, creation ex nihilo, but which I cannot use words to express because the world was not created at the beginning of any time. So Taguma Biti means what's the hashkafa that the Pasuk is coming to convey to me? And you would say like Hazal God created the world at the beginning, right? That's Taguma Biti. But the grammar of the Pasuk, if a person thinks of the Pasuk and tries to conceptualize it within the semantics and syntax of the Pasuk, it's speaking about Reishis, which is the fundamental principle with which God created the world. That's what I would say is the Pshat and the Rambam. Um, it's a difficult, I mean, this is the only way I understand really to be Yash of the Rambam. I've looked at the um, the different Giyosayis of the Rambam and there's nothing that's really satisfying. That's what I would have to say. It was Tagomita means what is the Hashkafa? What is the opinion the Pasuk is conveying? And positive is conveying the opinion that God created the world, which can only be expressed in English as the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But the fact is, is that the Pasuk itself, grammatically, cannot be describing that because, of course, in reality, God cannot have created the world at the beginning of time. So therefore, the Pasuk reads, righteous means the principle, the fundamental central principle with which Akkadosh Baruch created the heavens and the earth. I think that's the Pshat of number. Okay, now. It's very, very interesting that the Rambam has come to um, something very, very, a major problem. This is the Rambam we find in Chazal, that Chazal speak about the fact that it was time before the creation of the world. Chachamim here refers to Chazal. It says the Rambam is very difficult. This is the opinion of Aristotle. Which I've already explained. Let's go up to page 362. According to Aristotle, it's impossible that time at the beginning. He said, but good. So the Rambam rejects this. Of course, this is not a good thing. Now, says the Rambam that there were Chazal, there were personages among Chazal, who actually adhere to the opinion of Aristotle that the world is eternal. Right now, why did they do so? So the Rambam is because of the story of the Apostle. Right? In other words, it says in the in the Chubish, Yom Echad Yom Sheni, first day, second day, right? In other words, if I learn computer, this is the first day, that's the second day. If I don't have a son that goes around the earth, I'll be How do you kind of speak about one day? The sun was first created on Yemavi. That's the question that Rambam asks. 
There's no son, I can't speak about a day. I would have asked the question differently. I would ask the question is, when do you begin your day? It's a 24 hour day, when do you begin it? You just told me that the world cannot have been created at any one point of time, so where do I begin the day? But there are answers a different way, we'll go back to this. So the Ramam says, we see from this it was time before the creation of the world. Now, very interesting. We see because both created destroyed worlds. It's the famous Kir of Medrash that people account four, five, six years ago. People used to account for the world was older than, than you know, 5,768 years. This is worse than the first one. But in any case, like this, I have a question. How does it answer the question? How does it answer the question? In other words, if I say that God created destroyed worlds, okay, if I say God created destroyed worlds before this, what does that mean? That means that in fact, actually, what we're doing is, is that there was a sun before the world. I don't know. The sun just sort of like, I don't know, went around the world and created time, and then this means the first day after that. Or we say, but in other words, I don't understand. In other words, if the, if the question of the Rambam like this, if the question of the Rambam is, how can you say day one, day two, because there isn't a sun, so saying there was time before the creation of the world doesn't help me, because I need a sun. I need a sun. I don't have a sun. The sun is the first Wednesday. It was if you asked the question the way I thought the question should have been asked, how could I have a beginning of time? So you say, in Hachinami, there can't be a beginning of time. There can't be a beginning of time. You have to say that what the Raman really means to ask is, is that you have to say that in fact, and in accordance with Aristotle, what Aristotle speaks about the turn of the world, it means the world came in hug and annoying. In other words, the world the way it is always was, there was always the sun going around. There was always a sun going around. So now, what does Rabbi Rabsimit say? There was a sun before the creation of the world. So what is the Kosh doing on, on Yom Ravi? That we don't know. Or does the Rabbi really want to say that no, Yom Ravi does refer to a day. Yom Ravi just refers to a hierarchy of the creation, but really in fact, when you're speaking about time and the sun going around the world, that always was. That would be the Aristotelian understanding of the creation of the, of the eternity of the universe. And then, when Rabbi Avol says, because both created worlds and destroyed them, what he means is there's also worlds like our worlds before the, for our world, except that what? We can measure time based upon previous worlds, and our world is just an extra day which begins after the end of the previous world, but nonetheless there is a sequence of time, of days, before the creation. In other words, basically, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Avol both agree that the creation of the sun of Yom Levi is of no significance at best and at worst never existed at any particular point of time. That's what you have to say. That what the Rambam here is being maramis, is alluding to the fact that the Torah already, according to these Chazal, who he calls Begunah, he rejects them only to accept them later on at the very, very end, that in fact the opinions of these Tanayim, Malayim, is that in fact, actually, we cannot look at the, create, the narrative of the creation and relations of Genesis as being a narrative of time where the sun is first created on the, 
fourth day on Yom Avi, it must be there was always a sun going and spheres going around the world, and consequently there was time before the creation of the world, before what we call the creation of the world. That's what you have to say in the Rambam. Okay, now. We are taught this by now, by Akashul Shnayim. So the Rambam, we had to think what was dealt for them. By the way, Gav Angav, we see very clearly here, if a person believes the world's eternal, it cannot chasib be an apikaris. I mean, the Rambam is saying explicitly that we have chashav abaroyim who adhere to Aristotle. How does the Rambam explain this? Actually, the Rambam has spoken about this previously. Pinedelabiyezer is full of Aristotelianism. How do you explain it? This is the Shittah of Tarah's Moshe. In any case, for Metziah's amount of the Metziah's Hashem as Azoris, the Koyim used Balachah Pitron Lamashi Akashal Hashem Elo. Soon as the Rambam going to give an answer to what was difficult for these two people, these people want to say that it's impossible to be with the creation of the world without speaking about eternal time. Says the Rambam, this is the belief in Kadmus, the eternity of the world. The whole Bentoy is Zoyamazois. The Bentoy should be careful. The Enai Enamilazos Ella Mishula, Labivosa, Shabliezer, Shemayim Mehechan Nevo. This is Eliezer, who says, from where was the sky created, meaning that he too believed in Kadmus. It wasn't created ex nihilo, he says, it was created for something else. Says Ram, don't ignore what these people are saying. Except what I told you, the world was created from nothing, it wasn't created at any specific time, because time itself was created. That's what I'm going to say. Now, what's interesting is, is that the Rambam here, in the second paragraph, appears to be changing his question. This is what I wanted to point out. In other words, the Rambam says, what was the problem? The very beginning of page 362. What was the problem? The problem is they found the Torah, and they said, how could it possibly be? How could it be about one day in two days? When what? When there wasn't yet a sun that's going around the world. In other words, you can't define a day without a sun. But then, says the Rambam, You should reflect upon what was for them. Here the Rambam appears to be speaking more philosophically. Remember I told you that the Rambam asked the wrong question? The right question, the wrong the question should not have been, how can there be what? How can there be a, a day before the sun is created? That was the question the Rambam asked. I asked the question, the Ramshav asked the bigger question. How do you speak about creation and time? You say one day, what do you mean the day from? In other words, you could say Brady Bottle Kim, but you say we have a Vicky Yum That means there's a 24 hour, there's a day time, right? Where do you begin the day? In other words, there's a philosophical question. How can you define time from a point where there was no time? That's a more philosophical question. So, what the Ram is doing, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, on page 362, second paragraph of the Schwartz edition, is that he's rephrasing the question, but in this time, in a philosophical jargon. In other words, he first phrased the question by saying, how can I speak about a day, a 24-hour day, 
the flood is first created on Yom Ravi. But then now he's rephrasing the question. How can I say one day, two days? Where do I begin the days? You can't begin a day from a point where there's no time before that. So, the Rambam seems to be saying that a question can be asked on two levels. On the shot of the was there's an internal stila in the Pasuk itself. No, there's an internal problem, and there's an external problem. There's an internal problem that the Pasuk, the verse, speaks about days before the creation of the sun, which by definition create makes a day. That's the internal problem. And then there's an external problem. Well, the external problem means, how can the Torah speak about a day when philosophically I have no way of pinpointing the beginning of that day? I call that an external problem because it's not a, in other words, it's not a problem within the Chumash. It's a problem of defining something the Chumash says. In other words, the first question is an internal problem. The second question is external because I can't define what time means in the Chumash if I also believe in creation ex nihilo. So in other words, what the Rambam is doing, in my opinion, and that's why he brings this thing of Liezim Shemayim Hecha Nivro from where were the hazards created, which means is that here you can't, in other words, creation ex nihilo is an illogical possibility. You have to claim that there was always something created before that from which the heavens were fashioned. So, in other words, what, what the Rambam is saying, what the Rambam is saying is, is that this, now, now, what's interesting is like this. Could it be what the Rambam is saying is the following thing? The Rambam calls, he doesn't say, he says, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Sim, and Rabbi Avo are making claims, and the Rambam says these claims, this seems to be the opinion of Aristotle. Now, I mean, I'm not sure Rabbi Avol knew Aristotle. I'm not sure the Rambam understood Rabbi Avol knew Aristotle. In other words, what the Rambam says is that ultimately we speak about time before the creation of the world, it's a Rosatelia. But Rabbi Avol and, um, and Rabbi Yehuda didn't have Aristotle in mind. But they had a simple problem. What was the problem was? There's an internal problem in the Pasuk. How could the Pasuk speak about creation of the sun on the fourth day and then speak about days before that? In other words, the conclusion that they come to, says the Rambam, that there was a, there was a, a center of time before the creation of the world, or that there were worlds created before the creation of the world, is not something which necessarily comes as a result of philosophical analysis. But it's something that what? That even a person never heard of Aristotle, never thought of Aristotle, nonetheless comes from an internal contradiction within the first Pasuk. The second, um, Chazal that he quotes, the Rabbi says it to be more philosophical. Because there, philosophically, right, the Rambam says, is that there's a philosophical problem. In other words, how, even, if the, even if the sun was created on the first day, right, how do I set a first day if I'm in the creation of Sneolo? So, basically, the concept of eternity can be arrived at either philosophically by, a, by pondering the notion of time and grace the alone, or was arrived at, not in a philosophical manner, but merely by the fact that the 
the verses is made in a contradiction to each other. Now, why is this important? I think this important is, is because the Rambam is clearly saying, I think the Rambam is really clear, the Rambam says, claims that he's going to give an answer to these questions. We'll see what the answer is. <laughs> the answer is very interesting. The answer is that eventually, as we'll see, that creation didn't place, take place in time. But the Rambam is motivating that even if, no, even if you don't accept Aristotle philosophically, right, there's still a reason just from the text of the Chumash, right, to learn that the sun was not created on the fourth day. As the Chumash seems to be saying why. For the fact is, how can it be about one day one, day two, day three? So the Rambam is motivating his reading of the Psukim, not just because of philosophical Aristotelian premises, but because that there's an internal contradiction which doesn't allow me to read the Pesach independent of any philosophical analysis. That's what the Rambam is doing over here. Okay, I think this is clear. Now it's a tightness, but... Is it clear? Okay, fine. What? Okay, fine. Now. Okay, now. Needless to say, the Rambam is um, criticizing Chazal. <laughs> or Rambam is criticizing Chazal. Rambam is accusing Chazal of taking on views, whether consciously or unconsciously, of... Um, of Aristotle. The Rambam says we have a we have a um, I have a Teirutz, I have a Pitaron for all these two questions. Um, first of all, it's clear in the Rambam that clearly you can argue upon Chazal's Pirushim on the, on the Psukim. That, that, that emerges, I mean, that's the Rambam sheet in general. Um, but what is, what, what is the Rambam coming to tell me? The Rambam seems to be coming to tell me that Chazal that that, um, that Chazal do not believe here in creation of Nehla. That's what the Ram seems to be saying. Well, the Ram seems to be giving evidence. Chazal did not hear. Chazal are in fact actually um, making statements which indicate that they um, they were of the opinion the world was always existed. It's interesting. Where did the Rambam, we've spoken about this before, where did the Rambam in fact actually Fine is a Makor in Chazal, the notion of creation ex nihilo. The Rambam, we've spoken about this, but let's go back a little bit again. The Rambam has mentioned that this is the sheet of Teras Moshe. This is the Rambam says in, um, in Parakut Gimel. The Rambam says, Deya Kolam Aminim Bateras Moshe Ben Olavashala. The Rambam also brought Sukkim from Avram Avinu. B'Shem Hashem Kel Olam Akine Shemayim Va'ores. The Rambam has never brought, up till now, any Chazal which indicates that the world was created next to the And it's clear from here that it didn't exist. Why? Because why would the Rambam say, right? I'm going to give you an answer. We don't give an answer. We have Chazal. The Rambam clearly cannot muster a single Chazal that understood that the world was created next to Creation next to clearly seems to be that it was something which was a product of the Middle Ages. Or, the Middle Ages of the Aristotelian brain, it was a product of, of, of medieval theology. Clearly, the Ram is indicating is that there's nothing to, um, there's, no, there's nothing to, um, as, a, as a description of creation, there's nothing to base ourselves on in Chazal that indicates that the world was created ex nihilo. Created ex nihilo, as far as the Ram is concerned, 
is merely theological in this methodology because it allows, like the Rambam says, for the chosenness of the Vua, for miracles, for the chosenness of Klai Yisrael, for the mitzvahs, for Tzchav Oynesh. But it does, in other words, it, in other words, the foundations of the Torah assume a creation next to Elam. But the fact is, is that the Rambam here indicates he's going to have to come up with his, with his own original way of, of resolving, right? The reading of verses, which clearly indicate both from internal contradictions and both from external philosophical problems, that the world certainly was not created next to Elam. Could even be that the Ram here is indicating that, in fact, actually, he's going to present his own solution. Okay? Okay, now, let's go further. Bima Shechai Vataladas. Okay? Page 362. Last paragraph. Bima Shechai which you have to know, says the Rambam. In other words, we say it means im. Right? So what what it means is, is that the world was created with, in other words, the heavens were created with everything in them. They were created complete. In other words, everything in heavens and everything in the world was created when the world was created. You already know they were created together. We came in like it says, in other words, it indicates that everything was created at the same time. This means that everything was created at the same time. What happened was, everything was created at once, and things began to separate and bifurcate. Right? One from another. In other words, basically, everything was created at once, and then the world somehow began a process of variegation, that things became to be distinguished. Right? In other words, a farmer sows seeds all at once, some of them sprout up today, some of them sprout up the next day. In other words, everything was created at once, and then after that, things somehow separated and distinguished from each other, right, during the rest of the days of creation. Now, what is the Rambam saying here? He's saying, with this we can understand what Rabbi Yudha Rab Simon says. Right? In other words, I'll put it this way. 
we can answer his question. Once again, Rudy Simon was quoted in the Medrash by saying there was time before the world. So says the Rambam, how can you say something like that? It's Aristotelianism. Says the Rambam, no. What was his question? How can it be about one day, two days, three days? The answer is that no. Everything was created at once, which means it was also a sun at the very beginning of creation. When did we say that on the on Yom Levi, the sun, how much more time do we have? When we say that on Yom Levi, the sun was created, only means there was a, a sun that was distinguished in creation. In other words, the sun was always there doing its working. But the sun stood out on the fourth day. In other words, really, in fact, says the Rambam, there was a sun at the very beginning of creation. That's what answers the question of the Rambam. In other words, what the Rambam is doing, the Rambam is telling us that no, really, in fact, you don't have to say there was time before the creation of the world. All you have to say is that everything was created on the first day, and when the Torah is speaking about different things, it just means that these things somehow stood out and distinguished themselves on the other days. But for sure what? There was a sun for the very first day that was going around the world that defined the first three days. That's the Ram is saying. Now, of course, the Ram says this answers the question of Yudhrab Seven. The fact is, the Rambam is actually going to go a lot further than this. In other words, the Rambam is actually going to finally, in a few pages, we'll get to Mita Hashem, said, in fact, the Torah doesn't mean about days at all. But what the Rambam is doing right now is that the Rambam is taking us in steps. In other words, you can't introduce to the audience that the world was not created in a sequence of days. You can't say that. It's connected to the shot of the Torah. But you can't say it all at once. What you could do is, you could say it in stages. So the realm has come to the first stage. The first stage says, no, everything was really created at the very beginning. But things somehow stood out, became distinguished in, their natural, in the natural environment on the succeeding days. And that holds us for the time being. The fact is the real tables, the real answer of the Rambam is going to be later on, on page 367, and there the Rambam is going to say, no, days don't mean anything. There's no, things weren't in the state of different days. There was only a hierarchy of the universe which the Torah discusses, which the Torah describes, and the Torah uses days, right, to describe hierarchies of creation. That's going to be the Rambam that Rambam learns on Later on in Paraklamet, that's where the Babanel understands the Rambam. What the Rambam is doing is the Rambam is slowly leading us to this incredible understanding of Breshas. He's taking us step by step, and he's saying, in the meanwhile, the Vaila understand that things were not created ex nihilo on the other days of creation. They were already there in the creation. They somehow just bifurcate, distinguish themselves, become independently observable bodies in the succeeding days of creation. Okay. In any case, this is the beginning of Tarek Lamed in the Rambam. We're going to go a lot further in Yitz Hashem, and actually we'll get to 367 the next year. We're going to see how the Rambam actually carries this to a point where in fact the um, 
this narrative in Bereshis, a narrative in Genesis, is merely going to be a way of describing the physics, you know, the physical structure of the of the cosmos. That's where the Rambam wants to get to us. The Rambam is going to, um, we're going to see, is going to uh, adhere to what I call commensurability. That the Chumash is actually coming to teach us, you know, natural law, natural physics. And that's how the Rambam actually began the Barnabuchan. The Rambam says, and why did the Torah begin with Barachias? The teachers that we're supposed to know science before we speak about religion. So in any case, we will stop over here, and until next time, be well.